بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. As we've mentioned previously in other lectures, we know that the Quran is one of the greatest blessings and miracles from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah Al Imran, Ayah 101. That hold on to the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not differ from one another or meaning do not part from one another, do not split from one another. In the Musnad of Imam Ahmad rahimahullah ta'ala, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said that the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is none other than the Quran that hangs from the heavens to the earth. So Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa himself made tafsir of this ayah explaining what the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and it is from the true miracles and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if you were to look at the various sects of Islam and the various understandings of Islam and the various methodologies that are within the fold of Islam that they all agree to the divinity of the Quran meaning that they all agree that it is a source of guidance and a source of legislation now sadly this is not the case with the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. a lot of the sects a lot of the groups do not hold the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ as a form of guidance or a form of legislation and it is even a sadder fact that a lot of the groups and sects even reject the authenticity of the Prophet They claim that it is not possible that the Sunnah of the Prophet can be preserved. Now this actually comes, the basis to this is actually a historical uh, point of view that if you were to look in history, you know, the famous people that have existed from any of them besides the messengers and the prophets or even the messengers and the prophets if you include them the likes of Adam, Nuh, Isa, Musa, Ibrahim, these are from the Anbiya and the Mursaleen. Then you take the uh, people that uh, were alive during the Renaissance or who the Westerners look up to, the likes of Descartes and the likes of Freud and the likes of Leonardo da Vinci and Leonardo and Michelangelo and all these people, all these famous people that people recognize and know who they are when their names are mentioned. None of their lives are documented and recorded as the lives of the Prophet ﷺ. Meaning that if you were look, if you were to look into the lives of these people, it is true that we might know when they were born, when they died, and how they lived. But to have each single point of their lives documented is something that no one ever did. So now people come and say that. You know, throughout history, this has never been done. So how is it, what makes it this one individual so special, the Prophet ﷺ, that every single action, every single statement, every single thing that he did was documented and preserved? How is that physically possible that it is as it was, meaning that it went unchanged and was preserved? So they come at it from a historical angle and thus they reject it. Because obviously, you know, they try to combine um, you know, one and one and try to say it equals three. But the Prophet was not your average human being. He was the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala promised to preserve the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
So before actually getting into the fact of how the Sunnah of the Prophet was preserved, I think it's very important to discuss how we can prove the hujjiyah or the authority of the Sunnah of the Prophet How we use it as a source of legislation, how it is an authority amongst the Muslims and how it is a distinguishing factor that a person who accepts the Prophet as a messenger and as an authority to legislate is a Muslim and anyone who rejects his prophethood and his, his authority then he has rejected in actuality the religion of Islam because when we say the shahada what do we actually say? we say ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh that we testify that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah our shahada doesn't end over there though but rather it continues and we go on to testify that Muhammad وسلم, was the slave and messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well so this goes on to show that if you only accept Allah as a form of guidance and a form of legislation and as a form of um, I guess divinity to a certain degree then this is inaccurate you have to accept the Prophet وسلم, as well so a lot of the people that come in our times that reject the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, they restrict themselves to the Quran alone so now let us take a deeper look into some of the ayat of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us with obedience to the Prophet Firstly, when going into debates and arguments, you always try or want to try at least to keep the debate or discussion at a very friendly and simple level, meaning that you don't want to get it to get heated even though it eventually does you don't want to try to get into that so you try to avoid all those tangents and all those angles that would lead into controversy so in dealing with such people the first thing you want to bring up with them is do you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if they're Muslim or even attribute themselves to Islam they will say with a surety yes I do then you ask them how does one go about showing their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they will mention the salah, the siyam, the zakat you know, giving charity, being kind to your Muslim brothers, and all this and other than that. And we'll say, you know, we agree with you. Then we go on to say, are there any ayat in the Quran that talk about loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And then they'll mention a couple of ayat, but they'll always leave out one key ayah. An ayah in Surah Al-Iman, 33 and 34, or 32 and 33, I don't recall right now. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul, Sayyidina Muhammad, in kuntum tuhibbun Allah, that if it is indeed that you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fattabi'uni, follow me, meaning follow the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa So this is usually the best way of discussing things with these people. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly and explicitly says and directly says over here that if you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then follow the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is the best way and one of the only explicit ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about His love. That if you want to show your love to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and show that you actually care about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then follow the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now, what are the actual rewards of this? 
No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just doesn't say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say that uh, Allah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then love you. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He goes on to say that as a result of you loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa Allah will love you as a result of that. That this is a conditional statement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning over here. That if you love Allah and you follow His Messenger, then as a result and in return, Allah will love you as well. Now, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we mentioned in yesterday's question and answer session, it encompasses the wilaya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning the more you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the more you follow His Messenger, the higher you get in the ranks of wilaya. Meaning that there is the al-wilaya al-amma, which everyone is encompassed by. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects us and prevents us from our own selves, from harming our own selves. Then there's a protection which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants to the believers. Meaning that He will either prevent them from the hellfire or He will prevent them from uh, greater uh, adversities in this dunya. Then there's the wilaya of the salihin, meaning the more righteous of the believers. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect them and grant them greater favors. Then you have the nabiyyin and then the siddiqeen and then the shuhada and other than them. So the wilaya increases in level and this is all due to the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for these individuals. Now it doesn't just stop there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also adds in this conditional statement that as a result of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa not only will Allah love you as well, but He will forgive you for your sins as well. So people always ask, you know, what are ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive me for my sins? What are ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can erase and just wipe out any mistakes that I may have committed? A simple solution is given here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly and explicitly says that He will forgive you for your sins as a result of following the Prophet So when we commit sins, find a sunnah from the Prophet and implement that sunnah and follow the ways of Allah's Messenger and as a result of this, Allah will forgive your sins. Now, again, it doesn't just end off over here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues after this ayah and He says, قُلْ أَطِيُوا اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْكَافِرِينَ Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says over here that obey Allah and His Messenger. And if they turn away, then indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not love the disbelievers. Now what is the general concept that we derive from this second ayah? After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about His love and how we show our love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through following the Messenger, Allah now says, follow and obey, or sorry, obey Allah and His Messenger. Allah is testing us now. And he's telling us what to do. That obey Allah and obey his messenger. But if you turn away, then Allah does not love the disbelievers. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using as a criteria. That loving Allah is not enough. Obeying Allah is not enough. If you disobey his messenger and disobey any commandment that he makes and follow a path other than the path of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
then Allah is the one who has just called you a disbeliever. Then indeed it is Allah who does not love the disbelievers. So this is one of the first ayat that one should generally use in discussing with those people who reject the sunnah of the Prophet And this having been said, we will now take three or four other explicit examples where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the obedience of the Prophet In another ayah, in Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 80, Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 80, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That whoever obeys the messenger has indeed obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, when people claim that, you know, Allah is sufficient for them and the Quran is sufficient for them, they don't need the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What happens to looking at these ayat in the Quran? Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is being more than explicit and direct. You cannot get any more directed than this ayah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whoever obeys the messenger, then he has indeed obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is also found in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he said, Man ata'ani faqad ata'allah wa man asani faqad asallah. That whoever obeys me has indeed obeyed Allah and whoever disobeys me has indeed disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we mentioned yesterday, this is just this is all under the general prescript of what the Prophet ﷺ was ordered uh, to convey from the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That Allah's Messenger does not speak of his own desires. He doesn't speak from his own whims, but rather everything that he said pertaining to the deen was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in huwa illa wahyuha it is nothing except revelation and inspiration to him so anything the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said is just as much as an authority as the direct kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now likewise in the tafsir of these ayat you'll note various things that even kathir rahimahullah ta'ala he mentions in his tafsir that it was the job or the task of Allah's Messenger وسلم, to convey the message. And it is upon us to either accept or reject this message. Meaning that it is upon us to either obey Allah by obeying the Prophet وسلم, or we disobey Allah by disobeying the Messenger. And likewise, Imam al-Shawkani he also had a famous tafsir which he called Fatul Qadir. And in Fatul Qadir, in discussing this ayah, he mentions that this ayah is a clear proof that anything the Prophet said was indeed inspiration and revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This again pertaining to the deen. Anything the Prophet said pertaining to the deen, this ayah is a proof that it came directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not uh, from the Prophet himself. So this is another explicit ayah that shows us the direct link of between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger and how obedience to one necessitates obedience to the other. That if you accept uh, the obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then know that the only way you will be totally obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by obeying His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa as well.
Now, in another ayah, in Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 59, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu ati'u allaha wa ati'u rasul wa ulil amri minkum fa'in tanaza'tum fi shay'in furudduhu ila allahi wa rasul in kuntum tu'minuna billahi wal yawmal akhir thalika khayrun wa ahsanu ta'wila That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah, O you who believe, obey Allah and obey his messenger and those in authority above you. And if you differ in any matter, then return it back to Allah and His Messenger. If indeed you believe in Allah and the last day, it is indeed that which is best and the best of understandings. So now, understanding, understand the wording of, the, of this ayah, because we'll be referring to the wording quite a bit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who believe, meaning all people who claim Iman, obey Allah and obey His Messenger, and those in authority above you. And if you differ in any matter, then return it to Allah and His Messenger. If indeed you believe in Allah and the last day, for that which is best, and it is the best of understandings. So now, there are certain understandings or implications of this ayah. Firstly, we mentioned, pay close attention to the wording of this ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladhina amun. That anyone who claims Iman. Now I think this is uh, an important point to stop at. That why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu and not Ya ayyuhalladhina aslamu. That all people who have believed and not all people who have submitted. That we know that there's a difference between Islam and Iman. We know from the famous hadith of Jibreel that you know, Islam is the five pillars and Iman are the six articles of faith. The Islam being the Shahada, Salah, Siyam, Zakah, and Hajj. And then the articles of faith, believing in Allah, in His messengers, in His books, in the last day, in Qadr, the good of it and the bad, and the bad of it, and believing in the last day. So, this is the Prophet ﷺ explaining the difference between the two. But, does this mean that obedience to Allah's Messenger is only for the people who have Iman or is it for the Muslims as well? People will try to come with these type of doubts and shubuhat. But again, as Ahlul Sunnah, we derive principles and we establish principles. And the principle of Ahlul Sunnah in understanding these texts that start with Ya Ayyuhalladina Aman is that Iman and Islam. إِذَا اِجْتَمَعَ اِفْتَرَقَ وَإِذَا اِفْتَرَقَ اِجْتَمَعَ Meaning that if Islam and Iman are mentioned together, then they mean different things. That Islam is of the lower level and Iman is of the higher level. But إِذَا اِفْتَرَقَ اِجْتَمَعَ But if they are separate from one another, then they mean one and the same thing. So any ayah that starts with Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu meaning all people, all you who believe it includes the people who have submitted as well because by using this principle Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need to uh, repeat it again and say Ya ayyuhalladhina aslamu walladhina amanu but rather when he says Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu it includes the lower level as well and means the same thing as Ya ayyuhalladhina aslamu So this is the first point to keep in mind Point number two 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ati'ullaha wa ati'ur rasul wa ulil amrihinkum. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explicitly says, Obey Allah and obey the messenger and those in authority above you. Now, as we see over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ati'ullaha wa ati'ur rasul. That obey Allah and obey his messenger and those in authority above you. Why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't mention Atiullaha wa Atiur Rasulah wa Atiu Ulil Amri Minkum? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention Atiu Ulil Amri Minkum? The wisdom behind this, as the scholars of Tafsir mention, is that Atiullaha wa Atiur Rasul is unconditional. Meaning that anything the Prophet says and anything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we close our eyes and we accept it. It is our deen. We submit to it unconditionally. Whereas the people in authority are, who are above us, if they say that which is in agreement with the Quran and the Sunnah, we accept it from them. But if they say anything that is in disobedience to the Quran and the Sunnah, we reject it and we abstain from it. Now, an example of this is seen in the Sunnah of the Prophet as the Prophet ﷺ said that obedience to the Amir is like obedience to me. That if you are obeying your Amir or your leader, then it is as if you are obeying me. And he goes on to further giving, give an example that there was a ruler from the people of the past who asked his people to enter the fire and kill themselves. He, this ruler told the people, enter the fire and kill yourselves. And the Prophet ﷺ said that if they were to do this, they never would have left it. Meaning that if they obeyed the ruler and entered the fire, then Allah ﷻ would have put them in Jahannam. Meaning that this was an act which is evil. And when obeying the creation and that which is disobedience to Allah ﷻ, then this is something which is not allowed. You disobey the creation in anything that is disobedience to Allah ﷻ. And this is when we establish the us the other um, foundation or other principle that la that there is no obedience to the creation in disobedience to the Creator. So this is what we understand from this first portion of the ayah that that um, obedience to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and His Messenger is unconditional, whereas obedience to anyone else is conditional to the Qur'an and the Sunnah. If it's an agreement, we obey them. And if it doesn't agree with the Qur'an and the Sunnah, then we disobey them. A third point that we have to understand over here is that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala goes on to say in the ayah, فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِ That if you differ in any matter, then return it back to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala and His Messenger. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over here is equating the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the authority of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Surah Al-Nisa, Ayah 59. This is one ayah we're still discussing, the same ayah. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرَدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ that if you differ in any matter, then turn it back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is equating the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the authority of the Prophet sallallahu I mentioned previously that we need to pay close attention to the wording of this ayah. Because a lot of the 
deeper understanding is in the wording. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say over here, فَإِن تَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ وَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ ثُمَّ إِلَى رَسُولِهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say that if you differ in anything, then return it back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then His Messenger. He didn't say this. But rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَرَدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ That return it back to Allah and His Messenger. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over here is equating the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the authority of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if you go back to the tafsir of this ayah, you will see how the companions of Allah understood this. That during the time of the Prophet that they, served, they understood that obeying Allah means, uh, means refer to the Qur'an. And obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Messenger وسلم, means obeying Him while He is alive. But obeying Him after He has passed away means following His Sunnah. This is how the companions of Allah understood it. And if you go back to the lecture of Ibn Kathir and Al-Tabari, you would see that they have quotations upon quotations from the Sahaba. So you can just go back and get some of the quotes from there. Fourthly, in this very same ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say that it is the true believers who, who return their disputes to Allah and His Messenger. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say, فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ That if it is indeed that you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you will refer your disputes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger. And lastly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions over here that those people who want good for their akhirah, and this necessitates good for the dunya. Because nothing is good for your akhirah except that it is good for your dunya as well, in an absolute sense. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, in the ending of the ayah, in kuntum That if you want that which is best for your akhirah, and like we mentioned, that which is best for your akhirah is best for your dunya as well. That you will refer all of your disputes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger. Now we move on to our next ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says again in Surah An-Nisa ayah 115 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over here that anyone who contends, meaning opposes the Messenger وسلم, after guidance has been given to him and follows a path other than the path of the believers, we shall leave him upon that which he is upon and make his destination Al-Jahannam, meaning the hellfire, and what an evil abode it is. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying over here that anyone who opposes the Messenger, meaning anyone who disobeys the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after guidance has been given to him, meaning that he knows that this is the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu and Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commanded us with such a thing or prohibited us from such a thing. And then he goes against this. Then he not only is following away other than that of the believers, but also he is disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thus makes his destination Al-Jahannam. 
This is something that has to be taken in its complete context. The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whoever, obey, whoever disobeys the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and opposes him and contends him, after guidance has been given to him, that after he knows this is what Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ordered, or after this is what he prohibited, and he follows a path other than that of the believers. So Allah's Messenger, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying over here that the path of the believers is in obedience to the Messenger So after he abandons this path of the believers and disobeys and opposes the Messenger of Allah what is the result of this action? Allah says that his destination is Jahannam and it is the worst of abodes. So this ayah is pretty straightforward in its explanation as well. Now yesterday when we were discussing tafsir uh, of the Quran, the Quran briefly mentioned in the question and answer session. We mentioned how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala establishes the khilafah of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu through Surah Al-Fatiha. And we mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does this with the ayah, That, O Allah, guide us to the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored. And then we mentioned who those people were that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favored in another ayah. In Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 69. And this is an ayah which we will now be discussing with Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يُطِعَ اللَّهُ وَالرَّسُولُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَحَسُنَ أُولَٰئِكَ رَفِيقًا So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says over here, and this is something, pay close attention to it, that whoever obeys Allah, and his messenger will be with those people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored. That when in Surah Al-Fatiha when we mention the path of those whom people, of those people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning those people right now. That So the people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored are the Nabiyeen. The Nabiyeen are the Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messengers. As-Siddiqeen are those people who easily and willingly accept the truth. That's why Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu was called as-Siddiq. Meaning that he easily affirmed the Messengership of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam without any argumentation and without any hesitation. And then as-Shuhada those people who die in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as-salihin meaning that those people who are generally righteous so this is the path of uh, these are the people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored and whom we ask uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guidance for to follow their path so just to briefly recap what we mentioned as some of the brothers weren't there uh, yesterday that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions whom those people are that He has favored. And they are the Nabiyeen, As-Siddiqeen, As-Shuhada'i, and As-Salihin. So when the Prophet ﷺ passed away, meaning that the Nabiyeen are taken out from this category, who are left? As-Siddiqeen, As-Shuhada'i, As-Salihin. So we follow the path then thereafter, after the Siddiqeen. And who was the Siddiq at the time of the Prophet ﷺ? He was none other than Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So thus, after the Prophet 
Abu Bakr as-Siddiq became the Khalifa. And this is how we do tafsir of the Quran with the Quran. So with this ayah, ihdina sarat al-mustaqim, sarat al-ladina an'amta alayhim, we now establish the Khilafah of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So now, further discussing this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that if you want to be in the blessed company of these people, the company of the prophets, the company of those people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has selected and chosen to have no hesitation in accepting Islam, and those people who have died in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and those people who are just generally righteous, if you want to be in their companionship and you want to accompany them, then obey Allah and His Messenger. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَن يُطِعَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ That those people who obey Allah and His Messenger, then they will be blessed with this companionship. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, if you want to enter Jannah, if you want to go to Jannah, then obey Allah and His Messenger. Another explicit ayah and proof. And our second to last proof, uh, before we move on, is an ayah in Surah Al-Nur, which is Surah number 24, ayah number 63. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةٌ أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَنِيمٌ Let those people who oppose the Messenger be aware lest a calamity befalls them or a painful punishment. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that let those who oppose the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam beware lest a calamity befalls them or a painful punishment. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that to all those people who disobey Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and turn away from his sunnah and reject his sunnah, be aware either a fitna will befall you and or you will have a painful and severe punishment. Now Imam Ahmad ta'ala, when this ayah was mentioned to him, he mentioned that the term fitna in this ayah, that a fitna shall befall them, that this fitna is the fitna of shirk and kufr. That in disobeying Allah's Messenger وسلم, you will continue to disobey him and continue to disobey him and eventually leave his sunnah where you will fall into disbelief. And if you just partially at one degree or another disobey Allah's Messenger وسلم, then Allah may try you, give you a small fitna in your life as a punishment. Or he will give you a form of punishment in this life or in the akhirah. So this is the implication of this ayah. That if you turn away from the Prophet وسلم, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you a warning over here. That be warned that if you disobey Allah's Messenger وسلم, and follow a path other than that of his obedience, then know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you one of two things. Either he will give you a fitna in your life which may lead to shirk and kufr, as Imam Muhammad said, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you a form of punishment. And we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from either of the two degrees. Now, our last uh, ayah which we, will, which we will be discussing before the break, bismillah ta'ala, is an ayah in Surah Al-Nisa, ayah number 65. 
As you see, Surat Nisa has uh, quite a few ayahs establishing the authority of the Prophet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتَ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, But know by your Lord that they will not actually believe until they take you as a judge in that which has arisen between them. And then they do not find any discomfort within themselves as to what you have ordered and they submit a complete and full submission. So there are several parts to this ayah. Again, I'll repeat the translation because we need to pay, accord, uh, we need to pay attention to the wording of this ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ But know by your Lord, they will not actually believe. فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ That they will not believe. That they take you as a judge in that which has arisen between them. Then they do not find any discomfort or any harm within themselves from that which you have ordered. And they submit a full and complete submission. So now let us break down the ayah bit by bit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins this ayah by swearing by himself. Now the general understanding of anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by is of great significance and of great magnitude. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the right and authority to swear by anything that he pleases. And as for mankind, then they are only allowed to swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a matter of aqidah which we will not get into. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows the importance of certain things when he swears by them. So now when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by time, he shows the importance of it. Thus we see wal asr, wal duha, wal fajr, all these times, specifically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by them to show the importance of that time. Now when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by himself in this ayah, what does it mean? It means that anything that is coming after this is of the utmost importance. Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not swearing by his creation, but rather is swearing by himself over here. He says, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ That, and know by your Lord, that they will not believe. لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ That you will never have faith. Until what? Until they take the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a judge in that which has arisen between the people. Meaning that any dispute a person has, he should take Allah's Messenger or the Sunnah of Allah's Messenger Take it, analyze it, understand it, and use the principles from the Sunnah to resolve the dispute. And then, even after that, it's not enough that they should just take the Messenger of Allah while he is alive and take a Sunnah after he is dead and implement it. It is not enough. But, that they do not find any discomfort within themselves in what the Prophet has commanded or ordered or judged with. That we do not find any discomfort with it. We have to love it. We have to accept it. 
It's not enough just to accept it, but we have to love it as well and feel comfortable with it. And this is what the Sunnah of the Prophet Even when you see someone implementing the Sunnah, it is despicable to look down upon this person. You see a person who grows his beard and you start mocking him. Then know that you're mocking the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're mocking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger by doing this. So this is something we have to understand. That the sunnah is given this great, great position in Islam. It's nothing like the statement of the companions or the statements of anyone else. But rather it is given the same position as the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. And this is why when we come to the sunnah of Allah's Messenger we should be totally comfortable with it. And we should love it unconditionally and wholeheartedly. This is what Allah is mentioning in this ayah. And then after that, after you have come to love it and you have come to accept it, then you submit to it fully and completely. This is the understanding that we get from this ayah. And this is obviously these ayat in the Quran are many that talk about uh, obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger. If you actually were to look up the phrase Atiullah wa Rasul or Atiullah wa Atiur Rasul, altogether you would find it that it occurs 15 times in the Quran. And many scholars of tafsir have said that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Atiullah, uh, that it never occurs in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't mention the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Atiullah, then you will always either find Atiullah wa Rasul or Atiullah wa Atiwa Rasul. That you will never find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions uh, the phrase by himself. That Atiullah will always be accompanied by either Atiullah wa Rasul or Atiullah wa Atiwa Rasul. Whereas on the other hand, if you see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَطِيعُنِي that, and obey me, uh, you will see that a lot of the times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He uses the preposition of myself or Himself subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this comes along. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses لَقْضُ jalala, He actually mentions Allah, then this is always accompanied with either أَطِيعُ Allah وَالرَّسُولُ or أَطِيعُ اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولُ So this is something to keep in mind and just a point of benefit. So now from these ayat we see the importance of the Sunnah of the Prophet by firstly establishing the authority of the Prophet and how his authority is equivalent to the authority of the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in order to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one needs to obey the Messenger And if one wants to stay away from fitan and wants to stay away from the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he obeys and follows the Messenger And likewise, if one wants to be forgiven for their sins, one of the best ways, as Allah, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, is to obey and follow the Messenger And likewise, if one wants to be in righteous companionship in the Akhirah and Jannah with the Nabiyeen and the Siddiqeen and the Shuhada and the Salihin, the best way to do this is by following the Messenger and accepting his Sunnah. And since our schedule is off track, I want to try to get back on schedule. We'll take our half an hour break early right now and then we will have one long session after. So make sure you stretch and breathe out during this half an hour break. 
because we will be having a long session after this where we will be discussing how the Sunnah of the Prophet was preserved during the first three generations of Islam. And then after that, you'll notice that it was written down and it eventually reached us in that form. So make the most of this break, and we will return at approximately uh, 5.15. Jazakumullahu khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi